0: we doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Dyrdek, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening, because this is Travis Makes Friends. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of Travis Makes Friends. Today is Freestyle Friday, which means... We get to do what we want to do, and today's Freestyle Friday episode is actually not going to be a solo episode. It's going to be an interview that I did recently, but this interview is a little bit different than the ones that I have done in the past because this one was done live at a conference called Subsummit. It's a subscription company Um, event that I was one of the keynotes at actually last year 2022 and then this year they asked me to come back and do a couple of live podcast interviews with some of the people that were coming on stage um, or some of the people that were going to be at the event so this conversation was a conversation I had with Jessica Servion she is the head of product uh, over at Feastables which is Mr. Beast's candy company uh, that he started very recently. So Jess and I had a really great conversation in front of a lot of other kind of D2C brands, subscription box companies, subscription software companies, different people like that, that were walking around SubSummit. And so there's going to be a little bit of background noise, a little bit, it's going to, like I said, a little bit different of an interview. Um, that's why we wanted to drop it on a Freestyle Friday episode uh, so that uh, we can get into our regular regularly scheduled programming uh, here next week. So uh, this conversation with Jess, we talk a lot about uh, her uh, her background in the product creation space. And guys this is something that I as with a background as a salesperson and then getting into marketing, Uh, Product was always the furthest from my mind until I started my own company and started realizing that, oh man, actually, if you spend more time on your product, uh, you don't have to spend as much money to acquire customers because people start referring your product to other people. And there's almost this viral loop that starts happening once you get, once you hit a certain uh, quote unquote viral coefficient. So some of the things that Justin and I talk about in this episode are all about how to make your product better. And in my opinion, there's not enough emphasis on product in the marketing and, and, and sales industries. And so this was a conversation that I actually really enjoyed uh, having, especially since it's not, you know, head of product for some random company. It's a head of, she's the head of product for a company that's, you know, literally born out of the creator space uh, and completely attached to the arguably largest, most popular, uh, most, viewed, I guess, creator in the world and Mr. Beast. So it was a great conversation. Jess was a, a blast having the show. Super fun. Um, and I uh, am happy to share this episode with you all. So enjoy this Freestyle Friday interview episode from my live conversation with Jess Servion over at SubSummit. Hi, friend. How are you doing? I'm great. You're going headphones off?
1: Oh, sorry. No, no,
0: I, I'm curious. Uh, This is like a podcast. Well, this is or...
1: actually so much better.
0: Yeah, you know, in the live stage, I think it's a little bit better because you get a little bit more immediate feedback here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like this better.
0: Well, hey, thanks for joining me on the show. Um, This is a, another kind of a different episode for us because we're live on stage right now and there's like people here and there's background noise and usually none of that exists. Hello, people. What's going on? Um, And... uh uh, typically on the show, we spend an hour, 90 minutes plus talking with people deeply about like their background, their story, how they got to where they are. Um, but today, I want to give a little bit more tactical things for people that are in the audience to walk away with since we're at a subscription company and since you happen to work at a decently well-known organization uh, that uh, has distribution uh, all over the world. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me on. I am Jess Servion. Um, we alluded to this, but I am head of CX at Feastables, a uh, Mr. Beast brand. Um, and if you're not familiar with who Mr. Beast is, he is the world's largest YouTube influencer um, and has a massive audience. And it's real fun every day.
0: I was going to say, it's probably uh, it probably doesn't even fit the bill to call him just a YouTube influencer anymore. He's like a real celebrity. I would point. say it's so,
1: I like it well interesting that you brought that up because like you're absolutely right. Like uh about a year and a half ago sorry, we're just getting into No it. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Um it's my uh, favorite way to do it <laughs> when you don't even know it started. Right, it's already right. started.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like about a year and a half ago, like when I did join Festivals, I was like, oh okay, you know, I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna go to the work the world's largest like um creator, YouTube influencer. And I have watched his career progress into celebrity startup. Oh yeah. Now, you know, it's like you see him mentioned in like other places and it's, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just really interesting. And I also think it brings like, honestly, a different type of audience to
0: the brand. I was just about to say, you can tell because the demographic is continually expanding. Yes. It's like five years ago, I didn't know who Mr. Beast was. And then like three years ago, people 10 years older than me knew who Mr. Beast was. And now it's like, my grandpa knows who Mr. Beast is yeah. <laughs> because they talk about him on like Fox business and like CNBC and, yeah. and MSNBC and pretty much anywhere you turn on the news, there's Mr. Beast there yeah. doing something crazy. Yeah. Um, Getting in trouble for something or doing something exciting and fun. Uh And, and what's interesting to me about it is <clears throat> he's really one of the people that I point to as the like example for why it's important in this decade to be building a personal brand, yes. at least in addition to your company brand. And I'm curious what your perspective is on that being in a personal brand driven company that is so wildly successful, built off of the back of this engine that is Mr. Beast.
1: Well, I think that kind of like pulls to like, honestly, even my own life. You know, like I don't think it's just like, it- based on him too. So like going back to just like the brand itself, I think it's, um, well, okay, actually back up one more. I recall walking into, um, an e-commerce network and I joined and I said, Hey, I'm Jess, I'm head of CX at Feastables. And the first comment that I got from this person was, I'm not going to name names. He's actually one of my homies now, but he was like, wow, that's an easy acquisition. And I was like, (laughs) my guy, I was like ready to throw some, yeah, Yeah. like throw some hands because I think, I think it's a common misconception that yes, of course it it might be an easy acquisition with like having this, you know, creator behind your brand with like this big, this big presence. Um, and, but what's really, what really matters though, is how do you retain that customer? Like you can bring in that customer all day long, but the true work actually begins at retention yeah and so going back to your question you know honestly that's the simple answer is like yes we can acquire that customer but we really really have to concentrate on the retention aspect of it and now we have expanded we're we're not just in d2c anymore we're actually um in large retailers we're in walmart we're now in 7-eleven um we have d2c in in the uk like we're, we're expanding that's my point right yeah and so my point of bringing that up is like now we have to not only think about it from like the e-com strategy but we also have to think about it from the retail experience strategy and I actually take a lot of that into even clients that I consult for Hmm. like you like again even if you're a tiny brand and you don't have a creator behind you you have to concentrate on the retention because you can bring in a customer and they can say oh I love this cup of coffee but your coffee is on the shelf with 5,000 other coffees
0: sure yeah yeah no that's that's the core metric, I'm sure that you guys are tracking inside of your business, is more is way more about customer experience, way more about churn. Because to your point, you, you don't have to do the heavy lifting of spending a lot of money to acquire these customers to begin with. Yeah. But if the product sucks, they're not ordering the third time, and they're not coming in the fifth time, and they're not coming in the twelfth time. Right. Right. Or if the experience sucks, or if the packaging isn't good, or if it, everything's melted when they open, like every step of that has to be accounted for so that you can. I guess, uh, foster this community of already potential buyers that are kind of sitting there waiting for Mr. Beast to come out with more things so they can go give him more money.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, what I pull a lot from, so like my philosophy of customer experience and customer experience, just like at Feastables and any brand that I consult for is experience should be a value of your cust- of your company. That's like, mm. that's my core of thought, right? But My career. So fun fact, and we actually haven't gotten into this. Yeah. This is my first D2C company I've ever worked for. And in my 15 plus career in customer experience. Wow. My background is traditionally in SaaS. Okay. So I come from like a customer success, tech support, um, retention marketing and like, a software type of world. And so like my core values come down from building relationships and so i apply that logic into yes you can obviously in SaaS it's very important like you know if you don't have a relationship with your customer they're not going to keep renewing with you right like um that's like basic stuff and like and basic about like relationship building with your customer that you have like a water bottle on the shelf with is is obviously you know what you think of a of customer experience too but take it even one step further so like all right I joined Feastables, and we can go into that story later. But I joined Feastables, and I took that that concept of relationship building at every single touch point that this customer interacts with. So what I mean by that is, we can acquire all day long. You come into the website, but how can I talk to you on our website? Yeah. And it's not just on your PDPS. It's not just on your FAQs. How can I have an always-on type of conversation with you when I'm sleeping? And you want to learn more about Mr. Beast or you want to learn more about the product or why you should purchase Feastables, right? So, like, enter a lot of different tactics about, like, digital experience, but also community building. We have um, a a huge Discord. We have over 17,000 people in our Discord today that are – actually not even buyers. They're not all buyers. They're just really? loyal members to Feastables and like really enjoy Feastables. There's so many things in this. <laughs> well, yeah, where did
0: you get the signups on that? Like how do you, what wh- What are you doing to launch a community of people that are just willing to jump in and give you feedback on how well you're doing?
1: So I think that like, a creator audience for one is very engaged already. So they're going to be more likely to join those audiences, yeah. and, but you still have to make a drive to it, right? So we did do drives in like SMS sign, in like our SMS campaign campaigns or email okay. campaigns and like various places to like drive them but we also on our website we like when you have your social links it's not just Twitter and Instagram it's also our Discord right like yeah. we talk about our Discord in multiple different places about like what's happening in that community and we and we drive people to that community and then what's really amazing that's happening with this audience is because it ranges i i've personally have met some of these people in this community it's not just the 9 year old boy that you think it's actually people like my age that are parents even right? right um and I... Yeah, I
0: mean, Mr. Beast is just on in the background for a lot of parents. Yeah, you know, yeah, so and... they get to know this kid, and they're—it's just—it's funny watching the evolution because they—they see for as, as a parent when you see something on screen, your immediate reaction is like another one of these things. Like, how many of these freaking people can there be that are creating these stupid videos and making money online? And it just like you start getting in this echo chamber of yeah. adulthood, yeah. you know, and then and then you see Mr. Beast, and it's like, oh, he's actually like he He's not flashy, yeah, he's not out there wasting money on stupid things. He's actually just reinvesting his money into the business and then giving a ton of it away. Yeah. Like, he's actually a pretty responsible 24-year-old rich famous kid, which is <laughs> the opposite of the narrative completely.
1: Well, I think also, like, even just going into the creator economy and, like, the creator world, right? Like, I think what's really interesting is not only is he driving a message of, like, giving back or, um, you know, reinvesting and doing giveaways, whatever it is, but I see that. I see that same concept in like our community that we're building. So the people within our community, Mm. but I also see it in like children, um, that like, and I'll get back to the story. I'm not like interacting with children on the site. I I mean like personal children that I know. Um, but I also see it with other creators. There's other creators out there that are taking that Mr. Beast concept and, um, and driving it back on like their YouTube channels, yes. their giveaways, their like givebacks, right? Um, and I think it's a really interesting thing. I think it's a really awesome thing to see that it like how much impact this person can have in society, mm-hmm. right? Um,
0: well, he's 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 showing you that there's another way. Yes, right. That you <clears throat> you know he didn't go the traditional path. Mm-hmm. He did everything really non traditional. Yeah, and it worked out pretty well for him, <clears throat> but not in the sense that he turned into like again some like internet marketing douchebag that you don't want your kids to follow yeah. online you know yeah. like he actually is a pretty i mean you know i'm sure there's stuff that happens behind the scenes i don't know but no nice you know, dude but, nice but, dude. but, <laughs> but yeah he, i've met him a couple times Anytime time i've seen him like he just yeah. he he seems to be the brand he doesn't seem to be putting on a show yeah. and uh and then like i said it, it's shown a good example for kids to follow yeah. that's non-traditional and also ended up in a good place so far, yeah. where he's actually a good example for people.
1: Yeah, and like going back to the community building and like customer experience, and you know all of these things, right? Like a really interesting campaign that I actually did. Um, I can't, you know, I can't remember the time frame of it because when you work in a startup, I feel like fifteen years. It feels like four months. Feels like fifteen. Yeah, years, it's like dog years. Right? Yeah, like but there was a campaign that I once did, um, and and it was really awesome. Um, It's all coming back to me now. (laughs) Now I'm actually remembering everything. Okay, so I had to, one of the Teslas that we gave away, I actually went to like Utah to deliver this Tesla. And I got, so before I had gone to Utah though, I um, got this email from a teacher that came across my desk. And um, this teacher was talking about how, yeah. You know, I played your rock, paper, scissors game. Um, I played it with both of my classes. We have like, you know, 40 students. And I really enjoy like Mr. Beast's message and Feastable's message about giving back to the community. We play this rock, paper, scissors game. I won this bundle. It was really amazing. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up. And somehow this letter like came across my desk and I was like, hey, man, like I'm actually going to be in Utah. So I'm going to come to the school and like see y'all. Right? And I came with like some of our content team. We took our Feasty mascot, and um, so we go to like we go to Utah. And I'm not Mr. Beast, and of course they're like looking for you know Mr. Beast. But listen, you're getting Jess Servion, <laughs> CX leader. They're like, who is this chick? Like Mrs. Beast. <laughs> 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 um. So anyway, the point of the story though that like mm-hmm. of why I'm bringing this up in community building is because when what, what we actually did there is like we did give the school. Um, a sum of money to like help them to like get computers awesome. and like whatever that they needed. But also I went to the school with these small envelopes and they said, give like a beast. And they had five ones in it. And I did this, um, this speech to them. And I was like, Hey, listen, like we're giving you guys this money. Like we're, you know, we're enjoy Like, thank you so much for being fans. Like all this stuff. I want to give each one of you guys this um, envelope that has five ones in it. And you have the choice of keeping the money for yourself or giving it away, right? Mm. And so I gave them, I left these children with that that choice, right? And later it turns out that like more than half of them actually gave that money away to like a person in need. So, but th- the reason I'm bringing this up is because as you build a community and even though, yes, of course, like we are attached to Mr. Beast and, um, you know, it's all about like the brand Feastables, but I think that you can s- still have that, Ethos within your company and everything that you do, even as an individual of working for the company or mentoring other people in the company, whatever it is, whatever campaigns could all speak to that that creator's ethos as well. It's another touch point. Is Absolutely. my my point of why I'm rambling on this well, story? <laughs>
0: well, you're embodying the word experience. Yeah, where where these kids these kids will remember that interaction that that's that's i guess that's kind of one of the main points of of customer experience right is like yeah, will will people <laughs> yeah will people remember anything about this besides i bought a candy bar what happened after that is there any sort of additional I mean, this episode of the show is brought to you by indeed we are driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all it's to match and match with If you need higher, you need indeed. All feelings that we can instill in them, it is yeah, like they're like again, you 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 tied a mission that's much bigger than these kids even understand, which is giving back to the world around them. Yeah, to a candy bar, it's yeah. just a candy bar. It's just cookies, right? Like what you know what I'm saying? But yeah. you you tied it into something so much bigger that got people on board to be willing to share a message yeah. that means something to them. Just the vehicle happened to be. Oh, I got a candy bar out yeah. of it or
1: something. You know? Well, I think it's sorry. <clears throat> then we can go back to Feasibles. But I also think it's actually really interesting because I've done brand experience consulting for other creator brands. Okay. And I actually, and this is why I was saying that I think Mr. Beast is like has an influence on like other like influencers. Yeah. Right. Because I also notice that their audience is all very similar like they're like i love you you're so awesome thanks for like doing this like they're not asking for things they're like they want to talk to that creator and tell them that like they're also building community around them based off of like their their ethos mm. right or like the what the, what they're they're there for um i don't know where i was going with this but my point was is that i, just, I don't think it's just singular to mr beast yeah. i think it's an overall change that we're seeing That's my point of that, right? Um, And then going back to what you were saying about customer experience about, you know, it's not just support because I will die on that fucking hill. (laughs) (laughs) Customer experience is literally like every touch point of your product. I mean, like I look at this coffee and I'm like the sleeve around it. Okay. I know that this is like recyclable, right? Like it's like every touch point that you have with your customer, whether digital, whether the product in hand, whether it's a community building moment is all an experience for them. Right. And like, what I try to build and help other brands build is thinking about it from a relationship building aspect and so thinking about it from a relationship building aspect but also that what can we instill as from our values as a company into that that customer and have them like go and build communities around them have them actually believe that if we're recycling like we're they're gonna do that as well like you know you just like It's not just support. That's my point. It's not just support. It's all about experience building at every single one of your touch points.
0: So when you you keep using the term touch points, is this something that you track physically inside of some sort of uh, a project management tool or software system or
1: something? I mean, there's plenty of things that we like track. Like my suggestion, a tactical suggestion is to like, Think about your brand, whether you're thinking about like subscriptions, whatever, whatever strategy that you want to instill a better experience in. Think like build out a journey map. And I don't mean like, oh, build out a journey map in, you know, my customer is going to buy and then they're going to go to the website. What do they do on the website? What do they touch? What is the click points that they're doing on your website? They're mm. going through a subscription program. What are the click points that they're doing in that subscription program? If, what if they're the product is going to be fulfilled? What are like who's touching that product right like um how does that product get to them it's like i so that's how i mean everybody knows what a journey map is but i'm saying like from a tactical advice point of view is when you're thinking about the strategy don't think about it high level get so fucking granular into it that you're thinking about the experience at every single one of those touch points that's my point about a touch point going back to your project management tool my dear Do you know how many project management tools I use? There's Notion, there's Asana, there's Monday. I just use Google Docs.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It's a Thank hot you. mess express. Okay? You're,
0: you're giving me permission to just use Google Docs.
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah. like I can't do it.
0: Yeah. And... Uh, I, uh, there's too many software trainings now where it's just like, I, I, I just want to get this done. I don't want to take three hours of YouTube courses on how to use this software to get this done. I just want to get this done. Please. Can somebody please just do this?
1: <laughs> really funny thing real quick. Cause now we're talking about project management tools. I utilize a tool called smart sheets and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and I literally spent three hours on help docs and videos being like I think I got this right and I built like this really robust report that I literally don't use today <laughs> like why just you like just yeah. google docs it my just dude get you know? just get the job
0: done you yeah, know get the job done
1: yeah over it
0: <laughs> Jess I noticed um I noticed so you have an extensive background and customer experience and software and all these other things and then you joined uh feasible's in I think 21 right August 20, 20, 20 yes, or 2021 2021
1: <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> yeah. in there. I had to think um, about it.
0: But then you started your own podcast in January of this year. I'm yeah. curious, first of all, did that, have, did that have anything to do with getting being a part of like a creator culture? Um uh, and then second of all, how's it how's it going? How do you like it?
1: Yeah, so the podcast, my podcast h- co-host is actually in the audience right now not paying attention, Zoe Khan.
0: Zoe Khan. So
1: So, um Zoe and I did start our podcast um in January 2022 and it honestly started as a joke. So Zoe and I were like in our CX Discord. If anybody's interested, hit hit me up. I can get you into the CX leadership Discord. It's really awesome. Um there's about 800 people in there. Anyway, so it kind of started as a joke is like you know, Zoe was rapping about like, oh man, I wrote this email campaign and I like I messed up. Oopsie. And we started this oopsie channel. <laughs> and then Zoe and I, we were like had these like weekly conversations um just about CX stuff, retention, like whatever was on our mind. And and she's actually a content creator. And I'm and fun fact, you guys might think I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually an introvert. So extroverted mm. introvert over here. And she pushed me to do a podcast, and I was like, all right, dude, nobody's going to listen to this, but okay, let's go. Right. (laughs) And I bought a microphone. I did the jams, like whatever. And then I actually became so addicted to creating the content. Like I love it now. I love it. And it's, and it's, and, but, but the one point that I want to, like, make about, about it of telling you this whole story is, like, I did, what, didn't walk into right, doing this podcast being like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to be a content creator. I watched this podcast being like, I'm so scared that people are going to hate me in this world, <laughs> and I can't believe I'm putting myself out here. And, like, literally when we first aired, I was so hesitant to even talk about it. Yeah. You know, but it's so scary getting out in the world. I was going to say,
0: welcome to being a creator. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: And I I don't think it came from honestly working at Feastables. I think it just like came from like being pushed over the ledge and being like, hey, you got something to talk about? You should go talk about it. And that's how I have a podcast now.
0: So now it's been like 18 months?
1: The podcast? No. Oh, yeah. It feels like 18 months. So just
0: it was 2023 then.
1: Twenty twenty three. Okay, yes. gotcha. I thought Sorry, you said twenty twenty two. I did say twenty <clears> two. <throat> Thanks okay. for catching me. No, See? It, I, exactly, <laughs> exactly. My oopsie. point. Yeah. <laughs> oopsie, oopsie. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's only been since January, and it's been really awesome. We're actually um doing season, filming season three right now because we're going to in real life experiences oh, rather than virtual. Okay. So Great. Um, yeah, it's a really dope experience. Um, that's like one of the many things that I do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> one, yeah, one of just just a couple of things. It's not like you're responsible for anything.
1: I'm a yeah. psychopath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are we all? Yeah, Aren't we all. You know, yeah. if you're here at an entrepreneurship type of conference, like we're all, we're all a little we're bit. psychopaths. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with us. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I never thought that like this was honestly where my world would be. Like, guys, I went to art school. So granted, <laughs> like, I, yes, a creator, but I went to art school, and then when I graduated art school, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this, and then worked at a bank. I was like, I'm gonna work <laughs> at a bank today, and I worked at a bank. <sighs> then I worked in the travel industry, so like, I know really all the airport codes nice. on this planet, and it's really weird, um, and everything about airlines. Um, but I worked in the travel industry, and then I got an opportunity to work at a startup, a travel and expense startup. Okay, and and I've always like worked in customer experience, right? Like, but like service, support, success, like that's what I was like mentioning. And then I got a chance to work in my first startup in 2016. And that's when I became a psychopath. Yeah, because because is actually my fifth startup that I've worked at. at oh, point.
0: really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so you kind of got addicted to the startup culture a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've yeah. like lived through an acquisition. I've lived through an I- pre-IPO. I've lived through a failure. <laughs> like, yeah. I've lived through every moment Fast of like
0: fast-paced, quick-hitting environments is kind of your is kind of your thing.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> like, and I love it. I'm so addicted to it now. It's so it's so messed up.
0: How have you thought through, uh, customer experience when it comes to, uh, like content creation in terms of maybe your podcast or podcasting in general, YouTube, because that's a whole nother world, right? Like listener experience or consumer experience is pretty much the same thing as customer experience. They just haven't paid you yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, I kind of think, I mean, listen, we think about experience from like a you know, okay, let's give the the audience this experience and like, let's talk to them or whatnot. But like, I, when I'm recording, I try to be really conscious of the audience for sure. But I also try to be really authentic because like, I'm not trying to come up here, y'all. This is why I curse. This is why I'm like a hundred percent who I am because like, I don't want to come up here and be like this robot yeah. of like, Hey, my name's Jess. <laughs> Uh, I hope you like what I talk about. Like, I don't want to do that. That sounds so boring to me. Right. So like, I think about it in an experience point of view of like, all right, if I'm creating content, I want to be a hundred percent like who I am. Have to be. And, and, and and then I just like, I hope you like it. But honestly, if you don't, don't (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like honestly, if you don't, there's going to be like five other people out there that it will, and it, and it's like, but I do try to create content that's like funny or um, you know, that is like worthwhile. But I'm not trying to like, like you know, do a podcast that's like, hey, let's talk about your ROAS. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I'm right. trying to talk about like, <clears throat> what did you live, laugh, and learn about? Sure, and like, you know. There's, a, there's a
0: fine line between value and entertainment, Yeah, you know, that you kind of have to walk a little bit because the, be- the those are the best shows to me are, yeah. are the ones that have like some sort of mixture of those things rather than like pure education or yeah. pure entertainment. Like my favorite shows are the ones where it's like, I know I'm going to listen. I'm going to grab something. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get yeah. something that I can apply somewhere in my life. But also it's not like watching paint dry. Right. Where I've, it's like, well, got to get my education in for the day. I guess I better listen to this stupid podcast and turn it on. And then as Dude. soon as you get something, you're like, all right, music, music, something to entertain me again. So,
1: and then you, but the thing is, is like you end up losing the audience's attention so quickly, yeah. right? Because they're only going to like, they're only going to listen so much. Right. So the other side of it too, is like you can sit there and you can record an hour podcast, but the, the real kicker is like, promoted on socials like get social clips of the the hooks that you want people to actually Absolutely. look at and that's what's going to draw them in. I mean fun fact like Zoe and I have like more social views yep. than anything else on our social clips because we look at it from like a hook point of view and then put that out out into the world, right? This is
0: the you're describing the number one reason why I tell Everybody to start a podcast. Well, number two reason, I should say. Number one reason I, why I tell businesses that they should start a podcast is for what you're talking about um, is <clears throat> I describe it as our 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 content engine. Everything that we put out, we, we, we post several times a day on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, yeah. everywhere. We post everywhere. 90% of it comes from stuff from the podcast. So it makes our entire content creation schedule is record podcast. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then my team, my media yeah. team, takes that and they chop it up and throw it across social media for an entire like two, three weeks. Yeah. And now we're putting out content that's like chopped up, mixed up, like this. Take, let's take this piece from this clip, this piece from this clip, yeah. put those together. Yeah. And these are stuff. This is like we've been doing the podcast for almost six years. We have almost 900 episodes. Like we have so many things to pull from and choose from. And it's all so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like we record here. And it it it's our entire content strategy yeah. just to have the podcast. In fact, um, we we actually uh, did a, a episode on this recently because uh, Mr. Beast was, uh, uh, saying this exact same thing. Was basically mm. saying like one way to fill your entire content calendar is just to go be a guest on podcasts mm. and pull the clips because the clips themselves are going to get an uh, insane amount of impressions across yeah. all social media, even if the podcast itself isn't a large podcast. Yeah
1: yeah absolutely I mean that's where we like honestly spend more of our time in like our team like does do like our social clips and like um some copywriting for us I mean like really like so everything that I'm doing with my podcast is like either before work or after work right but like Zoe and I like really just bust our ass and like get all of our podcasts like out there and um or like we record our episodes and get them and get them done like so yeah. you know we're going to Austin. To, tonight to record um like seven episodes yep. between Friday and Saturday, so it's really funny though because people think like, "Oh, oh, like how do you find time?" And I was like, "Dogs, I literally just pre-record all this stuff, all and matched. then I like, <clears throat> and then I spend the time worrying about like the social content and like yep. getting the clips from it, and that's how I like go out and do the promotion. That's what takes like I wouldn't say the <clears throat> longest time, but the the strategy, the actual recording <clears throat> is not the strategy of it. Right. It's literally the strategy of what your social media is going to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot less heavy lifting than people think it's going yeah. to be. You know, yeah. because of the ability to batch. Yeah. It's just like my favorite thing. When we 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 rebranded and relaunched my show from Build Your Network to Travis Makes Friends at the beginning yeah. of this year. Are we friends and now? We sure are. Oh, I mean thanks. I hope. Ooh. Are we friends? Yeah, right? dog. Oh, you got to follow me on LinkedIn though, yeah, okay. and Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> um so the show's called Travis Makes Friends for this exact reason because yeah. that's one of the reasons I do the show. And uh and when we re- when we relaunched in January, we had content scheduled out all the way through April. Yeah. And it was two episodes a week, I think. But yeah. we just I busted my tail in December and a little bit in January, and by the time we hit the launch button, it was like all we had to focus on was launch promo yeah. and episode promo yeah and it was like it becomes a lot easier when you're not worried about oh shoot i have a i have to record an episode for next week yeah you know
1: yeah yeah i mean that's the last point i know i, I don't know where we are on time but like that was that was the last thing minutes, that I, yeah. I wanted to say though is like you know it, i remember when we first started we were so stressed out about like having to record and like this schedule and we were doing this rigorous schedule of like 6 a.m recordings or 6 p.m recordings and then saturdays yeah. and then zoe and We're like why are we doing this to ourselves (laughs) like just go bust it out and like and you know and then create like the content right and listen this is like honestly a a living and learning moment because we knew nothing about it yeah we're just figuring it out as we go like nobody has the answers like you might you might have 900 episodes and i i don't even know where we are in episodes anymore but it's like 30 right and i'm like our pathways are still very similar mm-hmm. because you're just learning as you go, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah, even with interviews, I used to do like six to eight interviews in a day.
1: Yeah, But it
0: was my entire interview schedule for the month. Yeah, It was just like, I would just, my my calendar link was only allow people to book on this one day. And then I would record, I think it was the first Wednesday of every month, yeah. I would have six to eight interviews. And I would knock out my entire months of interviews, which are more difficult to yeah. schedule. Um, for, for the entire month. So, you know, think it it, it can be done. And to me, it's like the best way to deliver content to your audience because you take, you have, you, you're, you're hitting all the touch points. You have a long form, but from long form, you can take medium form and you can take short form and you can distribute it everywhere. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wish we had more time to talk because I would like to get more tactical about the customer experience side of, of Feastables. Um, but uh, since we don't have that much time, maybe we can do a part two sometime on Zoom or something. But I appreciate you coming on the show, Jess. Uh, for anybody listening or watching right now, where can people go to learn a little bit more about you and everything that you got going on?
1: Yeah. So you can find me at JessServion.com. I have my own website. Um, Look at And you. listen – went to art school (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and you can also find me on Mentor Pass Um, those are like the main three channels Um, and the podcast oh and my podcast but my website directly links to the podcast and vice versa so don't worry traffic you you know conversions (laughs) over here (laughs) anyway JessServion.com Mentor Pass or LinkedIn
0: awesome well Jess thanks so much for coming on the show today I had a blast chatting with you and uh, maybe we'll get a part two sometime
1: thanks Bessie yeah
0: That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischappell.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischappell.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you, since I'm sharing my friends with you, is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement.